Welcome to Ecumenical Matters, the Father Ted podcast. I'm your host, James, and today we're looking at Season 1, Episode 1, Good Luck, Father Ted. So I'm here with Vince, who uh, hosts the Flimosh channel on Beam.pro. That's a video game channel. How have you known Father Ted? Have you watched it when you were young? Did you see it when it was on TV? or? Yeah, watched it on TV when I was a lot younger. Obviously, as it was airing. So when it was on TV? Yeah, when it was actually on TV. It wasn't reruns, just every episode as it came on and uh, like were many people watching this like were people coming into school the next day and and you know saying their best bits and stuff because that's what it was like for me in my school I didn't have any friends you didn't have any friends no <laughs> well what about the internet did you not have friends on the internet no not back then not back then we're in Ireland yeah so. you really have internet yeah, wasn't easy access you're uh, technologically advanced compared yeah. to everyone else you must have found a forum you should have started a forum probably maybe, maybe that was way, your way of doing it that's why I'm here today talking about it to talk about it, yeah. so you, you've held lost childhood. You've held this in for twenty-one years, then, Vince. So hopefully, it's all about to just come out in a big stream of consciousness now. Excellent, excellent. Well, twenty-one years actually, almost to the day, because the first episode was on the twenty-fourth, or sorry, the twenty-first of uh, April in nineteen ninety-five. And to give you an idea of what was going on at the time, the films that were out in the cinema at the, at the time was Michael Bay's Bad Boys. Have you ever seen that? Oh yeah, favorite. Your favorite? Well, it's a favorite of mine. Well, it's Michael Bay. Like, is that one of his acceptable? More just Will Smith. Will Smith and what about yeah, Martin Lawrence? No, who cares about him? No Big Mama. And Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro were in a very early DiCaprio film called The Basketball Diaries. I'm sure they were bitching about Martin, Martin Scorsese when they're on the set and stuff. Uh, and then Ice Cube and Chris Tucker went for a smoke in Friday. Do you remember that film? Brilliant film. I've never actually seen it. Brilliant. Just watch him. And in music, do you want to have a guess what was number one at the time? Uh, it's probably Oasis, was it? It wasn't actually. It was Take That and Boyzone in Ireland were the number one singles. Oh, my favourites. And Wet 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 was uh, top of the album charts. But there you go. So in the midst of all this, Father Ted burst onto our screens on a Friday night on Channel 4. And the first thing, obviously, you have to talk about on Father Ted is the theme tune. Do you know much about it? It was by The Divine Comedy. Yeah, Divine Comedy. Yeah, yeah it, was actually, it was actually one of a number of tracks that Neil Hannon had submitted for uh, to, to Graham Linehan, the producers. And surprisingly, it wasn't actually the one that they wanted to go for. But one of the one of the different producer told them, "Look, this is the tune. This is the one you want. This is, sets up the scene perfectly." So Graham then went with it. It, it obviously fits it perfectly. Like it, it does, yeah. It definitely fits with the. I don't know how to describe, it, but it definitely fits with like the theme of the show and stuff. Yeah, just the bleakness and the yeah the dreariness of it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm gonna play a wee clip here. Uh, first one I'm gonna play you is actually our introduction to Ted and Jack, and they're actually discussing who should uh, who should say mass. So let's have a listen. Right, that's uh, Tuesday dealt with. Let's take a look at Wednesday now. Uh, half seven mass. <laughs> I can take that. And uh, maybe could you take the eight o'clock at all? <laughs> right, I can take that as well. <laughs> now, um, the half six evening mass on Sunday. Evening mass? <laughs> Too early. No problem. I can take that as well. I just make a note. So that was those are the first lines of Valerie, and they're pretty. They're not too spectacular or anything. They're pretty. It's just two priests discussing when to do mass, but it introduces the characters immediately. Like it's Ted yeah. and Jack. It sort of sets them up quite well because Ted obviously seems more serious. Yeah. Whereas Jack is very clearly does not give a, a shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just does not care at all. Uh, and the, the looks he throws to Ted, he hasn't even said a word yet, he hasn't even made a noise yet. Yeah. And just the looks he throws to him with the cigarette, with the smoke in his mouth, just absolute pure evil. Yeah. But uh, that sets us up, and uh, yeah, I mean, as I said, it's pretty inauspicious. And in fact, most of the episode, 
it is pretty unauspicious about the characters. It I, seems to introduce the island more than the characters. Well, I feel like in the first few minutes of it, it does a great job of setting up the three major characters you're yeah. going to see throughout it. Like it's, it, there's no messing about with it. You obviously know right away Ted's quite serious. Jack's obviously lazy and an alcoholic. And then Dougal hasn't shown up yet, but you realise very quickly he's a bit of a man-child. Yes, so yeah. So very quickly they just set them up and you know how they're going to be throughout. Well, exactly. Uh, I mean, Dougal comes in and he's got a full face of shaving foam <laughs> everywhere. And Ted tries to tries to tell him that, uh, you know, there's shaving foam in your face. And then he, when he sees in the mirror that he's pretty much caked in this... He looks like he's had a, a pie thrown in his face by this point. He says, I didn't even try to shave this morning. So. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't even know how it got there. Yeah, Dougal comes in and he's immediately, as you say, like a, a man-child. Hmm. He actually, I think he got a much worse treatment in the first episode than maybe he did later episodes. Because he, he does just seem like an absolute dimwit. Reprehensibly dimwitted like in the first episode. Yeah, they seem to go a bit too far with it. Yeah, and I think they're in the back later on, but sure, we'll have a look at that as we as we get to the later episodes. But I'll tell you another wee clip now. Um, Dougal has heard about a, a fun fair coming up, and there's one of the attractions he's particularly, particularly looking forward to. Ted, Funland's coming to Craggy Island. It'll be here Saturday. Oh, yes, this is the fairground thing. I'll, <laughs> I wouldn't have much interest in that type of thing myself, to be honest. <laughs> They've got a spider, baby. What? A spider baby. You know, it's kind of a freak show thing, you know, it's got the body of a spider, but it's actually a baby. And... <laughs> How is it a baby? Does it have a nappy on it or something? No. Well, um, does it have the head of a baby? Um, no. Well, if it looks like a spider and it doesn't actually gurgle at you or anything, how do you know it's actually a baby? They keep it in a pram. <laughs> so that's uh, Dougal's definition of a spider baby. Ted has to teach him that, you know, sometimes he mixes up reality and his dreams. Yeah. And he helpfully creates a little diagram for him. Uh, do you remember the diagram? Yeah, it's busy head and uh, says reality outside it and dreams inside his head. Inside his head. It actually looks like the Ted Talks logo, I think. Do you know, do you know Ted Talks on, on YouTube? The Ted ads? No. Well, they've got a logo, and it looks very like the uh, the diagram. I think I think they stole it. I think uh, Graham Lennon should be should be having a word with Ted about yeah, it. Maybe they even stole the name of the character. Yeah, comes full circle. Though. Exactly, exactly. Not an original idea in those, those Ted Ed videos um, at all. Not an original bone in their body. Exactly, exactly. Terrible. Jack didn't like what was on TV, and he summarily throws a whiskey bottle at it, uh, as you do. I mean, the amount of times I've been watching flicking three channels and just wishing I had a. A whiskey bottle to hand. I can relate a lot with everything Teresa watches on TV. Oh, what kind of stuff does she watch? Geordie Shore. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that would, that would, I would definitely reach for the whiskey bottle there. Make sure yeah. it was empty first. because. Oh, yeah, yeah. Priorities. Exactly. Not going to waste good alcohol. Yeah. If you want to throw, if you want to put a bit of water into it after the bottle's empty, to give it a bit of extra weight. Yeah. So it flies through the air better. And then, obviously, it'll destroy more of the TV as well. Like, maybe even some surrounding electronics. Yeah. Do as mean, much damage as possible. Exactly, exactly. And then you know that you never have to put on Geordie Shore again. Well, no, you, then you have to replace your TV and your bottle of whiskey. If you wasted whiskey. Uh, we've, already, we've already dealt with the whiskey. We're not oh, wasting yeah, whiskey. That's yeah. Yeah. No, that's grand. That's grand. Uh, so, in the plot then, uh, a producer from Telly Aaron, which is obviously a thinly disguised radio, uh, or RTE, which is Radio Telefish Aaron, mm-hmm. Faith of Our Fathers, phones Pro Gilhouse asking to interview Ted. So basically, there was these programmers on RTE in the 90s, uh, and they were just twee little documentaries about 
little tiny aspects of Irish life. Mm-hmm. So I can fully imagine Faith of Our Fathers actually being a real TV show or something very similar on at the time. Yeah. And uh, I can even I can sort of imagine what it would have been like. Like there was loads of these little shows on. But Ted doesn't want Ted doesn't want anyone with other priests involved. He just obviously Jack and Dougal are a bit of an embarrassment to him. Just wants all the glory to himself. Exactly. And Ted does have ideas about the station. I think he I think he feels a bit trapped on the island. Yeah. So this is a very good good way of getting him out. And one of the things uh, that the episode was good for, as I said, was introducing the island. So this is a clip of Ted describing to the uh, producer how you can get to Craggy Island. How exactly do you get to Craggy Island, Father? It doesn't seem to be on any maps. No, it wouldn't be on any maps now, Terry. We're not exactly New York. <laughs> no, the best way to find it is generally to head out from Galway and go slightly north till you see the English boats with the nuclear symbol on the side. <laughs> they go very close to the island when they're dumping the old glow-in-the-dark. <laughs> So basically, Craggy Island is a radioactive wasting dump. <laughs> yeah, it's it sounds like a bit of a cesspit, really. It doesn't yeah. sound very nice at all. I think I think they have actually meant they mentioned later on in the episode that just off the west coast that you have to go off the coast of Galway. So it sort of places it, but you know, not they never really reveal where it is. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think that was the whole point was that you know it's this sort of godforsaken place that yeah. doesn't actually exist it's like this lost city of Atlantis that it's almost like nobody wants associated with it exactly exactly with a massive and the people sh- on it can't get off it is almost how it seems exactly and the only, the only people who got onto it were obviously the victims of some shipwreck or something yeah. in the opening credits so uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the actual location is in County Clare and the parochial house so this is according to Wikipedia and I, I can't get a verification on this but the parochial house is McCormick's at Glen Quinn on the Boston Road from Kilnaboy. So it's it's very uh, very localised version of Wikipedia there. Does We have somebody from Claire in the room. Uh, if she can be heard in the mic, can't you tell us where Kilnaboy is? I don't know where Kilnaboy is, but I can confirm that the parochial house is actually in County Clare. Um, you always see, like when you scroll through your news feed, people who are visiting County Clare, they always stop outside the house and have their photos taken and it's exactly as it appears in the programme so it's got like the big gates. There is some kind of um, religious statue of the Virgin Mary outside. So that's Crosses part of it as well. Walls. It's exactly as it appears ah. in the show. So there you go, untouched. Untouched by history, there you go. Mm-hmm. An artefact of Irish life. Preserved. Dead admonishes Dougal for, uh, for waking Jack up by putting the TV on. Jack likes to sleep and he likes to enjoy his, uh, his retirement naps. Girls, pay attention. We've got a special treat today. Father Hackett has very kindly volunteered to take an all for volleyball practice. Oh, right, Father. And he's just reminded me that it's very warm today, so there'll be no need for your tracksuit tops. So that was the first sort of paedophile joke in Father Ted. So they didn't yeah. actually avoid it? No. Probably good thing, probably a good thing as well, anyway, because they still did it kind of subtly. They did, yeah. They didn't yeah. just outright go, he's a pedo. It's more of a sort of creepy, sort of old man vibe rather than just straight up yeah. uh, put it in there. Since Father Ted aired, obviously, there has been the major investigations across Ireland about the child abuse in the church. Graham Lennon posted on Twitter uh, the day the final report was published that uh, if he ever had to bake it again, he, he don't think he could. He, he couldn't go back to that sort of loving sort of portrayal of the priest in such a loving way when he knows that all this was going on. I think, yeah, I get what you're saying. Because like, the good thing they did in that show is that, okay, they made one pedo joke there. They yeah. don't, don't really make it very often. The main thing they focus on is that this is three very flawed individuals yeah. who are meant to be priests. Yeah. And 
you know, this is they're not the kind of people you expect to be priests. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and uh, if he had to do it nowadays, it would probably just be. If anybody did it nowadays, it would probably just be pedo joke after pedo joke. You don't they hit too much on the head if you if you just kept at it like. Uh, but they did address it from the very start. So yeah, and it wasn't actually as known an issue back then. Um, like that might have been more an inside inside wink to like people who recognize priests like that yeah because the thing is about about the, the three priests like having grown up like raised a catholic down in uh Tyrone there i mean they are actually recognizable you can recognize what type of priest they're taking off and that there is quite a lot of sort of priests that are a bit a bit slow like dugo obviously it's yeah. exaggerated for comic value of course there were the old priests who had nothing else to do but drink all day and probably had their roving eyes as well and then Ted, obviously, as you said, he was sort of the sensible one. The uh, to a degree, yeah, to a degree. Like, he's a bit of an egomaniac. Exactly, exactly. He has his character flaws, like, and yeah. he clearly likes he likes a bit of the wedge, like. But you know, you can't like there was priests like that, and you could recognize them. And I think that's immediately why it became so popular, is because people could see these characters in their own parishes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that wasn't actually the first instance of uh, priestly abuse that was brought up. It was actually Dougal. Uh, went on a long diatribe about uh, riding an old man on his back for oh. an hour. <laughs> yeah, probably. So, so actually, the most sinister character in this is actually Dougal. Yeah, <laughs> he's riding. A, says he went horse riding, wasn't it? And it yeah. turned out it was a ninety-year-old man. Exactly. Yeah. Riding on his back for an hour, lashing him with the whip. With the whip. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a good night. Dougal shows a bit of ambition here that uh, maybe we didn't know about him before. Um, he's clearly got he's clearly got eyes for fame himself, not just Ted. So when the broken TV is uh, taken apart, he actually takes the screen and pretends that he's uh, he's on top of the top of the pops. But I don't think Jack necessarily approves of his uh, ambition. Father Dougal McGuire here, and welcome to this week's top of the pops. <laughs> and in at number forty-five this week is Father Ted Crilly with "I've Got the Power," and at number fifteen for the sixteenth week in a row is Father Jack Hackett with "I'm a Sleepy Priest." <laughs> How does that gobshite get on the television? <laughs> How did that gobshed get in the television? It's probably one of the few spoken lines he actually has in that episode. It, he is actually, yeah, he, he doesn't actually speak very much, but Jack doesn't actually speak that much. Yeah, in fact, that's actually probably one of the, almost one of the longest lines he would have throughout the series, like. Yeah. Well, no, he just curses. Exactly, yeah, it's just rambling, just sort of bark that he just throws out there. How did that gobshed get in the television? Surely you could appropriate that to quite a lot of people who are currently on television. Simon Call. Well, exactly, yeah. yeah. So if do, they can get on, why can't Dougal? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And Dougal was presenting Top of the Pops as well, which, you know, let's go back to the uh, pedophile thing again. It's hard to avoid, isn't it? <laughs> Forgot all about that. Well, exactly. I mean, the BBC are actually having a great difficulty. They've got all this great archive footage of old bands and pop groups that maybe nobody else has, but they've just got Jimmy Savile at the start of it, and they can't really use it, so... <laughs> yeah. To be fair, even if he wasn't a pedophile, I wouldn't want to see him on TV. Well, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, another, that's another conversation entirely. We get then uh, the introduction of Mrs. Doyle. Uh, Mrs. Doyle doesn't actually get very much to do in this episode, but she's introduced straight away. Now then, who's for tea? Uh, me please, Mrs. Doyle. Tea! Thick! <laughs> I'm fine, Mrs. Doyle. You won't have a cup. Ah, uh, no thanks, Mrs. Doyle. Honestly, I won't have a cup. Are you sure now it's hot? Uh, no, I'm not in the mood, thanks. <laughs> All right, so... I go on, would you not have a drop? No, thanks anyway, Just Mrs. Doyle. Cup. I'm fine. Uh, no, really. I'll tell you what, Father. I'll pour Seriously. a cup for you anyway. Ah! And you can have it if you want. She comes in right away and 
she sort of just like everyone else it sets her character up very well you yeah. know right away she's very pushy and very firm is just trying to force people to she likes to serve exactly like, yeah she's exactly. determined to serve people and she refuses to take no for an answer well Mrs. Doyle is sort of like the absolute epitome of the Irish mammy of just anything there's guests it's like there's teas everywhere there's yeah. sandwiches everywhere uh, and of course the very first thing she does when she comes in the room is offering everyone else tea now Father Ted doesn't want any so we get the infamous ah go on yeah and that's uh, it's been attributed as her catchphrase but she only actually says it twice in this episode and she, over the course of the series I don't actually think she says it that much not really but when she does she says it multiple times yeah exactly yeah it's, it's sort of a uh, sort of rattling on but uh, I yeah. think Shuni actually says the words maybe about seven or eight times over the course of the series I'm actually doing a running count so we're at two at the minute hmm. and uh, as we go on ahead we'll see how many times she actually says it and I think that was that was sort of a, a, a wise choice on their part that they didn't just hammer it home to death Yeah, it wasn't every episode too many shows suffer from to have a recurring joke and they milk it for all it's worth. Yeah, in which, every episode when it doesn't actually call for it. Yeah, even in this, there's a couple of recurring characters who appear in this episode. Yeah, we'll get to them in a minute. Uh, yeah. yeah, but, you know, even then they don't milk them for all they're worth every it, episode. They don't show up every time, right? Exactly, exactly. Mrs. Doyle was played by Pauline McLean. She, she gets the character perfect. I mean, you could just imagine if she's late 50s uh, widowed and spending her life now just looking after three priests, like... And that is actually, there is actually a rule in, in pretty much every parish. There is somebody who does basically the, the day-to-day running of the priests and making their food and do it, take the collection money and account it and everything. And, yeah. you know, they're the ones actually doing all the work and the priests are just sitting there and say a few words at the top of the altar every, uh, <laughs> every Sunday. You know, behind every great man. Occasionally blessing a baby. And then we go on, Ted interrupts Dougal in one of Dougal's private moments. He's actually singing Tina Turner's Simply the Best. And it's absolutely brilliant because he's playing his air guitar uh, and his dedication to his role. He puts the air guitar down onto the onto the mic onto the guitar stand. He's going to be a rock star. He's going to have his air guitar. He's going to have his air guitar stand as well. He wants to know if Ted has uh, has any ambitions to maybe be a bit famous, which of course we know he does. Dougal just comes straight out and asks him. Ted denies it. Dougal just strikes down any any hope that uh, Ted might have of making a star out of his uh, faith or father's appearance. Just he doesn't have any filter. He doesn't. He's no, speaking, he just. Yeah. He says what he's thinking, and it just comes out right away, and he doesn't even care. Exactly, and it's he uh, doesn't realize what he's saying. Exactly, and it's, it's it's not coming out of any place of malice either. It's like yeah. purely innocent observation, which is obviously completely wrong. <laughs> yeah, but it's just it's exactly how he is. Yeah, he's a man child. He exactly, just a yeah. big child, and that's why we love him. Ted manages to shut him up by tell him to go to bed and Dougal says well of course he needs to send me prayers first but he needs prompting <laughs> several times when he's trying to say the Our Father I really like that about Dougal because at the start you're kind of like okay maybe he just doesn't know the prayer maybe it's just because he's so stupid he doesn't know but then you kind of realise it goes on the whole priesthood thing seems like a big joke then yes yeah and they touch on that again later yeah exactly exactly Um, this is the first sort of clue that Dougal's maybe not fully on board with the whole uh, priesthood thing yeah but, you know, he's still an ordained priest. He still had to do seven years in the seminary, so... <laughs> uh, is, this is the thing I was wondering about before. It kind of makes you wonder how Dougal got to this point in his life without Ted. Yeah, Because exactly. Ted's always kind of looking out for him, and somehow you realise here, how did he get into the priesthood? Well, I imagine, because like I said, there, there, is, the pre- there is the priest you, you recognise. So basically what would happen in Ireland, you know, back right up until about the 80s, you'd have a big family, and if there's a lot of boys, one of them would sort of be... Uh, especially if he was a bit slower, 
it'd be sort of okay that's the priest in the family and they and say the, that in the next episode yeah oh did they okay <laughs> yeah. I haven't watched on ahead say the the favourite child becomes a doctor while the uh, the dumb child becomes a priest yes that's it yeah <laughs> So you can imagine him just as soon as he came out of school, he was just shepherded off to the seminary where he's having a having a laugh with the lads, and then seven years later, he got anointed a parish, which was just happened to be out in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. (laughs) (laughs) So there's an introduction to the twin bed bedroom as well. Yeah, I always quite like that. There's very few actual sets. Exactly. I mean, there's the main living room, there's the bedroom. That's all I can really think. There's the bathroom as well, which doesn't happen in this this episode. Yeah, next one it does. Yeah. Um, but like other than that, they usually have like one off sets that maybe appear and stuff. Yeah. But these are the two main sets really. But there's no Burton Ernie shenanigans going on here then? No. No. It's so, opposite beds. Well of course, yeah. There's a is a this is a house of this is a house of our Lord. House of the Lord, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't think it with Father Jack in it though. Well, exactly, exactly. But he gets his own room, so Yeah. Yeah. God knows what goes on in there. <laughs> uh, so Ted arranges with a TV reporter to be interviewed in the field, which Ted explains isn't mm. actually a field, but merely a place which is fewer rocks than anywhere else in the island. <laughs> so they were going back to they're not actually introducing the characters as much as introducing the setting. Yeah. Uh, so it is this barren, desolate, isolated place. I think the setting is it's quite good in that it's sort of it shows everything that Ted hates. Exactly. Yeah. Ted really obviously doesn't want to be there, so he'd rather be again next in the big lights. Sort of shows clips of him, like dreams that he has, and it sort of shows that he would rather be away from there and maybe famous and you know, yeah. having lots of money and partying and stuff exactly or say exactly. stuck in this little island that has a field which isn't really a field it's just got less rocks less on rocks it. yeah just the least craggy island yeah. <laughs> part of the island we're going to take an, an introduction to as you said one of the recurring characters here definitely clip. one of my favourites there's no indication that it is craggy island there's no signs or anything I, I, is there a man looking at you with a t-shirt saying I shot JR <laughs> So basically, the introduction is visual. Uh, you do get a few more lines out of him, but yeah, all you need then is a visual. As well. Yeah, all you need is a visual. Uh, it's just Tom sitting there on the wall where he's constantly perched. That's because I kind of love the image that he is just there. Yeah, constantly, day in day out, just stirring at anybody who comes by. Exactly, he's, he's the local landmark. I mean, uh, I grew up in a wee town called Fintna, and there's we uh, there's a man there. He was just known in the town as Mickey Man. He would always be at the same point in the time, every, all day, every day. Yeah, it was just like the, the local landmark. Was, so I think that's what the, the Tom character was. One of the things you could work out where you were based on where he was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or what time of the day it was, yeah. depending on which way he was facing. Oh, like a sundown? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ted's trying to keep this uh, phone conversation secret and he's hiding behind the circle. Or like behind the, the circle? Behind the curtain. You're, you're told me about being coming first full circle and everything. It's just oh. wrecked my head. Uh, but Dougal walks past the window and the instant face of mischief on Dougal yeah. as soon as he sees that he can play a prank it is absolutely brilliant it, first episode and they've already got their characters pretty much perfect yeah, like, yeah. you can see some shows where they take a couple of seasons to get the grips of how that character would act and how they would look and what they would do in this first episode they've all got it nailed oh, exactly, especially yeah. Dougal just his face you can tell he's up to something or just whenever he's trying to really think of something, you can really see it in his face and stuff. Exactly, exactly. Like, and brilliantly played by Arlo Handel, of course. Yeah. But as you say, I mean, everything was in place. Like, I was actually surprised to actually see the t- things like Tom was on already. They actually did introduce an awful lot in the first episode. Uh, but apparently this wasn't actually supposed to be the first episode. They were mm-hmm. actually going to make Down With That Sort Of Thing episode, the first one. But this was a better way of introducing it. Yeah. And I think that was probably a wise decision as well. Because as I said... 
you get the idea of the characters where they are but the yeah it's the location of it that makes it stand out more yeah Tom yeah so Tom's a com- played by a comedian Pat Short uh, and surprisingly as you said they don't milk every character he only actually shows up in four different episodes oh, really? over the course of the series yeah. it's just one of my favourite characters especially exactly, from yeah. this episode just because that first introduction is just absolutely perfect nailed on yeah like they kind of say it and you're like alright there's a guy starting with a shirt that says I shot Jared and then just cut to him and he's just the weirdest looking individual yeah, you could yeah. ever imagine <laughs> exactly exactly uh, so and I mean he gets weirder when he opens his mouth yeah as you say they're not milking the characters but it's so memorable that as you say he's one of your favourite characters yeah he's only been in four episodes exactly it's, it shows like the just how good how well it was written how well it was observed and everything so, uh, they try to get uh, Jack out for his walk on the cliff he's got some right hook on him doesn't he they have to struggle three times oh, to get him on the chair yes. <laughs> and they're using the using the bottle of Jack as a yeah the, that would work yeah. for me though well it would, yeah it would work for me probably as well but like, there's another thing like Jack is very deceiving because he it looks is. like he just doesn't want to do anything, but when it comes to not doing something, he puts a lot of effort into not doing it. Well, exactly. He even plays dead at one point. Yeah. Uh, just to make, just to be a real pain in the arse to not get into that wheelchair. <laughs> and when they finally do get him on, uh, so Dougal takes him off, and uh, as far as Ted's concerned, he's uh, he's got rid of them all now, and yeah. Mrs. Doyle's away doing her thing. Easy. So now he's got the coast is clear, and he makes his way to meet uh, the TV crew. There's very odd music for Ted's little getaway. It, I was listening to it last night and I thought it was quite cool. It seems like they just took the main theme and they sort of played it a bit differently but sped it up. Yeah, exactly. And it was, made it seem like a very rushed. Exactly. Uh, and it, I, mean, I can't think of any other times when they've, you know, penned original music for a specific scene or anything. Yeah. Because I don't think that, that piece of music gets played again. Like, What's that? I don't think it's necessarily original. Well, it's it's slightly different. Just, yeah. um, it's got more of a Benny Hill vibe to it. That's what I mean. It's, like yeah. it's meant to sound very rushed and... Yeah, well, obviously, because he's running away. Well, because he's running away, exactly, yeah. exactly. So Ted runs into Tom uh, on his way to meet the TV crew. Uh, but t- Ted, I think, prefers that confessions uh, remain <laughs> professional. Fed up! Yes, Tom. I've killed a man. Thank <laughs> you, Tom. I'll, uh, I'll have to talk to you about that later. I'm doing an interview for the television. <laughs> Ted doesn't give a shit. No, that's what I mean, though, as well. Like, he just gets so much weirder. So the first thing he says to Ted, there's basically just, kill the man. Ted, father, I killed the man. <laughs> But the thing is, the next time you see him, when the crew comes back looking for Ted, he's reading a newspaper, and the headline is, uh, Murderer Still on the Loose. Yes. So is that, uh, is he just keeping up with, uh, keeping abreast of the police intelligence, or? Probably. Uh, well, he, he, he seems like a weirdo, but he seems like he's actually be quite smart in that side of things. Exactly, exactly. That's and, another thing, like, the show has a bit of something for everyone. You've got, like, the really vulgar kind of stupid comedy in Jack, you've got the dumb comedy in... Yeah. and then you got more sort of subtle and smart comedy in little things such as that newspaper or yeah. even earlier in the episode when the producer is ringing Ted I says oh well actually you were the first person on our list and yeah. it just shows you him in the office and you can just see Ted's name at the bottom of the list it's number 13 like they don't <laughs> directly say it or anything it's just there yeah. and if you spot it then it's exactly. another wee joke to get exactly and uh, the thing is when they, when they do show little clips of somebody away from the island like discussing the island yeah it's always they're always in a very dreary situation themselves. Like they're that's a dreary office. It's like, uh you were the first on our list and he just sort of glances up at the whiteboard. Yeah. Uh, and then the other time they show clips of the Vatican and all they're doing is just listening around like from the back <laughs> of their seat, just every so often clicking a button on a mouse pad and that's yeah. all they're doing. It's almost like nobody wants as I said, nobody wants anything to do with that island and they want any reason not to go there by the looks of things. Exactly, exactly. But Ted's stuck. 
Well, anyway, uh, so we're, we're talking about uh, Funland and some of the uh, attractions that were there. And as we were saying, there's Spider Baby, which Dougal's already... Uh, the, did Spider Baby actually appear? I was, I was looking for it and I couldn't see it, so maybe Dougal wa- or maybe Ted was right in the first place. Yeah, my, but it is dream. listed on the Wikipedia page as one of the attractions. <laughs> uh, among the other ones was Freak Pointing, uh, which was just pointing at a man in a wheelchair. We think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, pointing but, at somebody. It's somebody. Well, it's a freak. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is word, he a freak though? <laughs> I don't think he is necessarily, but you know... Because I could just be really offensive. Well, it probably was, yeah. Yeah, probably. Uh, I mean, there's a few things that have dated the show. Uh, it's not, more, not like there's other shows at the time that were much, much more cringe worth it, yeah. Uh, there was the Whirly Go Round, which was basically the Merry Go Round, but it, Jack looked like he was having a great time on it. Wouldn't even call it a Merry Go Round. Well, it went round and round, and Jack more, looked ready. It looked more like a platform that just rotated. Well, exactly. But there was nothing to keep you secure. Well, you don't need to be secure. That's, that's the risk. It's a danger. Yeah, Dougal looked pretty... Dougal looked happy as well. He was living on the edge on it. Exactly, exactly. There's the Pond of Terror, and then Go the Fierce Man, which is going up to a bearded man with only his underwear, who's at the top of an A ladder, A-frame ladder, uh, and going up and running away as soon as you can to uh, <laughs> so he doesn't catch you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the spinning cat, uh, the crane of death, which we'll come up to later in the episode. The duck startling, and last but not least, the tunnel of goats, which again comes up later in the episode. I do want to bring that up again because it was absolutely hilarious when it comes back. At the fair, we do actually meet some of the recurring characters, uh, and these are two very important ones. So let us introduce you to John and Mary. Fat smelly cow. <laughs> You have a face like a pair of tits. Well, at least that's one pair between us. <laughs> hello, Mary. Ah, hello, Father. Hello, John. Would you have a pack of tofos, Father? No, thanks. I have to meet someone now. So that's uh, John and Mary O'Leary. Uh, and, yeah, it was the trope of the couple who were all bed and roses when the priests around, but as soon as nobody's looking, they're yeah. at each other's throats. Behind closed doors. Exactly, yeah, exactly. And it was played masterfully, and, you know, the... Just the dynamic between them again, exaggerated for comic purposes. Mm-hmm. Like Mary is the verge of stabbing John in the back with a very long kitchen knife. There's a lot of crime going on in Craig Island. Yeah, I mean you got Tom killing people, and, and then these two abusing each other. Well, exactly, and attempted murder. Again, even the recurring characters, it's a testament to the casting and stuff. Everybody is cast so well. Exactly. Yeah. These two especially, they're just. I, they're just perfect in the way that they do it and their timing and everything with each other is great along and with the rest of the cast the rapport they have like the, the first yeah. two lines is uh, you've got a face like a, on you like a tit and he goes well at least that's one pair between us yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even then like, even their rapport off each other and stuff they both work brilliantly together yeah so the two actors are Patrick Drury and Raina O'Grady I haven't actually seen them in much else that I'm aware of I'm sure they probably have been on stuff but I think it's the same with most people in the show there's even the main cast, I the only person I know from anything else is Ard Lohan, when yeah. he did My Hero. Uh, Frank Kelly, I know he's done things, but I don't know what. I've never seen uh, Well, Frank Kelly and, and Dermot Morgan were both famous before uh, Father Dead. Like, yeah. um, the, like Frank Kelly was a humorist uh, on RTE Radio in the 80s. Yeah. And then Dermot Morgan was a humorist on just RTE in the early 90s. Yeah, because he actually did the Father Ted character. Yeah. Not beforehand. Yeah, exactly. And... Um, so like like I said, I mean, I'm sure that I'm sure they have done other stuff, but I just haven't haven't come across it. God knows what it is. During the conversation, uh, we do get one of the very few moments where the, the show is dated a wee bit. Uh, John says Ted would be better than Gay Byrne and Terry Wogan on TV. Uh, of course, Terry Wogan is now dearly departed, and Gay Byrne is uh, dearly. 
well, uh, there was an awful lot of uh, listeners were very upset at his passing. Yeah. But Gay Byrne as well is, is obviously retired for quite some time now. But who? Gay Byrne, he was an RTE uh, chat show host. He was, you know, he was considered like one of the best you know in the business. Obviously, you're not from Belfast. Yeah. That was the worst thing about living in Belfast. When oh. all you could get on your TV was RTE. You only could get RTE? Occasionally. How come? Because your aerial was a piece of shit. And it didn't work and all it picked up was RTE. So and you, you had to sit there and listen to those accents. It's so annoying on TV. But Especially when all you got is Podge and Rog. Podge and Rog is great. Yeah, if you like shit. See, I can't get RTE at the minute. I was doing my head in because I can't watch some of the stuff I really want to watch. It's only on RTE. You're the only one. You must be keeping them in business. Well, yeah, and possibly. the rest of the stubborn, yeah, state, but nobody cares about that. Well, they've got a license fee down there and they have advertising. Mm. You can't get RTE, uh, not on the TV at the minute. Uh, I need to get a better free view box or something because he's, he's got a smart TV, not a dumb TV, so he can get all the good channels. He's trying to be controversial now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Ted has tried to ensure Dougal and Jack won't be seen on television by arranging Dougal to take a wheelchair bound Jack for a walk to the cliffs and is annoyed to find them at Funland. Dougal, Dougal initially says the cliffs were closed and then says <laughs> they, they were gone due to erosion. <laughs> I love his excuses because it, it comes back to the man-child thing. Yeah. He gets caught out and he tries to think of a new excuse. Like You remember when you were a kid and your parents would catch you out and you would come up with the dumbest excuse ever and they would call you out on your bullshit. Yeah. And then you went to backtrack and be like, ah, well, I lost it. And yeah. that's what Dougal's doing. He's just... He's backtracking over every lie he gets called out on. Exactly. And I think he actually goes back to his original lie. That it was uh, it was closed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Dougal has a few home truths that Ted needs to iron out here. I don't want to hear any more nonsense. Everyone else is here. Dougal, you're a priest. You're supposed to show some decorum. I wish I wasn't a priest. What? I wish I wasn't a priest. Dougal. Jack, how'd you say that? So he told me one time he doesn't even believe in God. Dougal. <laughs> Dougal's little mumbling wish it wasn't a priest (laughs) comes back to what we said earlier about how uh, how Dougal clearly probably didn't want to be a priest at all he doesn't have a clue about it obviously why he doesn't remember the the prayers yeah yeah. so he's just I think he's just going along because just going along for the ride because he has to he's no other option well he probably doesn't realise there is another option he's just he's just being swept along in the yeah because I guess when you come down to one of the most iconic Father Ted episodes later on it's the milk float. Oh, exactly, yeah. And he does try to go down as another option there, but exactly, that's yeah. for another time, really. So, uh, while Ted is telling Dougal how seriously Catholicism should be taken, <laughs> Father Jack runs off, and Ted finds him asleep on a bench and sits down with him. The bench, however, is actually the crane of death. Uh, now, appropriately named. Exactly. So-called why? because a young man was killed on it the year before. <laughs> and you can you can sort of see why, because it is just a, it's just a park a, bench. It's just a bench on a crane. Yeah, and it's, just suspended from way up on high. In yeah, fact, there's not even like a belt on it or anything. Not <laughs> for the security. Well, the fact that we were able to, to actually film that. Yeah. It's like, there was no safety harness you could see. or Yeah, no, even the people who were riding it at the start, as the camera's panning across, you don't see anything... Exactly. Securing them or anything below them. See, that, that would be a fairground ride I would actually go on. Uh, Think of the thrill. See, Vince, the whole point of these things is that you get the thrill from being so close to death, but not really. I get more thrill from uh, goading the fierce man. Oh, I see. Because you never know what he might do if he catches you. Well, he's only wearing like a loincloth, is he not? Exactly. And he's on the top of a ladder, so he's already got, you know, height advantage. He's got a height advantage. Yeah. Well, he's just drop on you. Yeah. <laughs> Loving the bit of banjo that comes in as well. Yeah, at the fairground, that's obviously a, a pastiche of Deliverance. Yeah, have you ever seen that? I was really young when I seen it. Probably shouldn't have watched it. Probably shouldn't have watched it. Probably not. But there was nothing else on TV. 
So you just watched watched a guy a harrowing film. Yeah, obviously there's one scene that stands out, which is the guy getting. He's been he's been forced to imitate a pig, while other things are happening to him. Yeah, <laughs> try not to uh, try not to spoil it. Dougal's encountered the television crew, and because Ted has told them that he's the island's only priest, they assume it's Father Ted. Uh, so, from his elevated position, Ted sees Dougal being interviewed by the TV crew and is so dis- dismayed that he actually falls off the bench. When you see uh, the actual footage of Dougal getting interviewed, Ted, uh, the bench is in frame. Yeah. So, they have got snuff footage of Ted falling off that bench. Like, well, that would be YouTube gold now, like. But you obviously see, like, Ted on it, sort of panicking and stuff, and then obviously just... Oh, God! <laughs> yeah. And you can just see how much it's hurting him, not just because he's missing out on that opportunity, but because he knows Dougal is going to say something really stupid exactly. and make everybody on that island look like a joke. Well, <laughs> it's a pretty fair representation, I suppose. But uh, yeah, well, true. But uh, there's a great, uh, there's a great callback to Dougal's diagram, uh, where reality and dreams are swapped over, and then yes. there's added bunnies just for, just because bunnies. Yeah, and bunnies again will show up later in the series. All the rabbits in the exactly all over Jack and stuff. Exactly, but we'll talk about that in the future episode. Uh, when they come back to the end of this, the end of the episode, Jack is sitting in his chair. Can you remember what he was drinking? It wasn't actually alcohol this time. Well, maybe uh, it wasn't Harpic, was it? It was Castrol GTX. Yeah, motor oil. Yeah, yeah. It had to be something stupid. It's the episode after he's drinking Harpic. He just rushed Probably, to the hospital yeah. with. Yeah. <laughs> So the episode ends with a heavily bandaged and splinted uh, Ted along with Jack Dougal and Mrs. Doyle watching Dougal's TV interview <laughs> in which he expresses doubts about Christianity and organised relig- religion as well as relating elements of a nonsensical dream which he is confused with reality. That's the spider... Spider baby. Spider baby. So, uh, once again, Jack's uh, position on seeing Dougal on the TV has been rather consistent. So, when he sees the interview, although it does say Father Ted Crilly on the caption, but... Yeah. So that's even worse for Ted, I think. That was probably yeah, a real the most damning. Like, real, yeah, thing to his ego. Exactly. I think the word. Punctured. Punctured. Yeah. And, you know, everyone will see us around the country and that'll be well, their idea of Ted Crilly. Worse is that he can't even express how he feels about it. Yeah, exactly, because he's, he's uh, in his bandages. But let's have a, let's have a listen to this clip then when uh, Jack uh, sees Doug on TV. I know, I can't believe it either. I'm on the television. <laughs> We both agreed that that was probably the funniest line in the show. That and also Tom's Ted, I killed a man. I killed that, a man. <laughs> that gets me every time just because he's got no reason for saying that to him. No, exactly. Other than that he's a priest and he wants to confess, but I mean, it's just out of nowhere. Just straight up, first thing he sees when he sees a priest. Yeah, Ted, I killed a man. <laughs> <laughs> but there was there was a few other classics that we sort of skipped across as well. And as a first episode, it did the job rightly, like, didn't it? It, yeah, uh, it does everything. It sets up the premise. Yeah, it sets up the characters perfectly. There's plenty of laughs, and uh, it even introduces recurring characters. Exactly. Yeah. Stuff. Every thirty seconds, you were laughing. Yeah, and even it's after, even I've seen this about maybe eighteen times or something. Same here, and every time you do end up laughing from it because you notice something that you maybe missed the first time. Exactly. Exactly. And as I said, there's humor to appeal to everyone. There's a dumb, the smart, and subtle. Yeah. Anything and the crude. One of the features I want to bring in is uh, meet the creator. Now this is where we spot. Graham Linehan or Arthur Matthews in the episode now they do show up at various times basically they when they're yeah well they come up and as playing different characters basically when they need to fill up a scene uh, with just another actor yeah they were, for one lemon. yeah they were probably just saving the budget by just having one of them step in so uh, at the end of the episode over the title credits Arthur Matthews uh, makes his debut uh, and he plays the announcer at the uh, at the Funland and I'm just going to play this through because it is actually hilarious 
So, here we go. A child has been uh, lodged in the tunnel of goats. If, the, if we could have a nurse, please, to the tunnel of goats. Thank you. A goat and a child have now become lodged together. Uh, and the nurse has, has become involved in the, in the incident. And another nurse uh, is required to release the uh, nurse we asked for previously. Thank you. So a child gets lodged in the tunnel of goats. <laughs> and then a goat and a child get lodged together. together. And then the nurse also gets lodged. <laughs> it seems like a chain reaction. It's probably better that it's not shown. A lot of shows would show that. Yeah, exactly. And they try and show you like the kid and the goat lodged together somehow. Exactly. I think I think the, the funniness in that is the delivery. And apparently that was a character that Arthur Matthews used to play in his own stand-up. I, I think on a stand-up or maybe on a radio show. But yeah. he was that was the sort of genesis of Fathered Head was him playing this priest. And it was that delivery. You know, so I'm glad obviously they went with Dermot Morgan because his performance is so much more vibrant than that. Yeah. Like that would be hard to watch for a full half hour. Yeah. Never mind for six episodes of a first series, like. No, definitely. There's a lot more charisma to Dermot Morgan. Exactly, exactly. And, I mean, he, he was just born for the role, really. Like, he, as you say, he had had he had that priest character on RT before he got cast in Father's Head. Yeah. And, yeah, like, as you said, the, the casting was amazing. They just got it right straight from the start. Everyone's and perfect and everyone nails their character. Exactly, exactly. And one of the things that I think holds back new comedies is that they don't cast properly. They, they, they miscast parts and there's a variety of reasons for that. Like when, when a show's getting put into production, from the time the script is written to the time it actually makes the screen, yeah. there's 20 people have made decisions on the show. Even then, a lot of the time, it's person is playing a character that somebody else has written. Whereas in the case of this show, he's pretty much playing a character that he wrote. That he was familiar with already, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, I think that's what helped it a lot. But just over the, overall, then your your thoughts on the first episode, and are you looking forward to doing this from week to week? Great first episode. It's one of the few shows where, as I said, I can watch it, and it's like that is genuinely very good first episode. A lot of shows you kind of watch and think, well, you know, I'll try it again the week after. That's the first one I think where a lot of people watch it and they're like, yeah, I'm gonna watch this every week. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I mean, the show, the show won a slew of awards, even on its first series. Like it, uh, mm-hmm. it wiped the boards at the British Comedy Awards uh, the next year, and. Yeah, deservingly so. So that's been it for the first episode of uh, Ecumenical Matters, the Father Ted podcast. So please join us again next time. Uh, we'll be discussing Season 2, Episode 2, Entertaining Father Stone. Another absolute gem. Season 1, Episode 2. Season 1, Episode 2 even, what did I say? Season 2, Episode 2. When we'll be discussing Season 1, Episode 2, Entertaining Father Stone. Join I'll us keep you right. Yes, and, and Vince will keep me right just in, uh, when I misspeak. But uh, see you soon and uh, bless you.